The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. I told God about you. That's how I shut off all my love letters. <laughs> you look like you have something to say, Joe. No. Okay. <laughs> Am I making stuff up? I think so. Can I give out a simple one-liner? I hope so. Okay. Um, <laughs> prayer. All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm Caleb. To my left... Oh, that is your left. Um, is Joshua. You forgot? Yeah. No, it was the... the, 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 the it didn't... I wasn't making the connection because you were actually across from me. Yeah. Um, we changed orders again. This is stupid. I know. This is the new order. We've been this way for, I think, two now. Except I wasn't in the last, so I I wasn't up. here, so... There, no, it wasn't the same Okay, order. to my left is... I'm Joel. <laughs> <laughs> to my left. Hi, I'm Colton. And to my left. It's me, Caleb again. Still. Um Joel. Yeah. Do we do stuff on the internet? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice media plug. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to be more active online. We've got our website up that's got all of our blogs and our book posts on it. And um we've got an Instagram that I'm trying to be more active on. Um, but it's really a hit or miss on whether these polls work. Like sometimes I'll post a question and it's like everybody's got an opinion and sometimes I'll post a question and it's just it's just Josh commenting something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the most interactive person online has been Josh. I'm just um, trying to get the like the YouTube algorithm to start uh the ball Instagram, out. Josh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get the metaverse inst- <laughs> algorithm yeah. to start hitting. Oh, man, if we could have a VR component to Please, the no. Second Rate Saints. Oh, we could set up one of the 3D cameras like right in front of us so that people can feel like they're in the yeah. audience. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Hey, anyways, to bring it back in, we've been doing a lot of things online. We've got a YouTube presence that we're trying to build uh, through shorts and long-form content. Um, if you've made it this far already into the podcast, um, we would love it if you just checked out some of the other wares we have to offer. Check out our book reviews. Check out our blog posts. Um, blog posts are are something we're trying to get the ball rolling on this summer. Um, yeah, it's it's been a little. Well, we're all finishing up school yeah. or mm-hmm. other stuff, and so it's it's yeah. been a little bit uh, slower on the blog posts. Yeah. I'm hoping to get more on that myself, and then maybe force you guys to contribute a little bit more too. And, and again, for those listening, we, we want to produce content that is engaging and conversation making. So if we put out blog posts and we get good interaction, then we're going to keep doing blog posts. But if we give out shorts and we get, you know, little comments that we can interact with, then we're going to do more shorts. You know, uh, it, we're very much um, a moldable ministry right now. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that we can really take advantage of in this kind of early stages. Yep. Um, also, yeah. the YouTube comments lately, like we've had two really good ones. Yeah. Um, There's one about uh, just incarnation, mm-hmm. and Trinitarian stuff. Uh, that was fun. I'm yeah. hoping we can do maybe an episode on that. Well, later. we've been doing. We did our second episode of Thoughts in Real Time. Yeah. And eventually, my vision for Thoughts in Real Time is to have those comments, um, emails we get in from from our listeners, um, and just completely make the episode all about responding to to the audience. So. Again, uh, if you want to interact with us, you can check us out on the website and online. Pretty much everywhere. So, yeah. 
And I'm also responsible for the What Have You Read This Week. Mm-hmm. What is, have you read? So I read a book um, a couple of years ago. I was preparing for a, a leadership position that I'd been offered, and I was, I was given this by um, one of my, uh, I guess, mentors of the time. And it's a book called Prayer by Richard Foster. And it was, it was pretty difficult. I'm not somebody who uh, is great at spiritual disciplines, right? Like, I, I like the head knowledge stuff. I like the discussion. Um, but developing a prayer life was very difficult for me. And it still mm. is, right? To, to set aside time for prayer. And I think that uh, it's well illustrated in this book that um, goes through the different types of prayer and goes through the different, um, the different ways culture can view prayer right now in the individual life. So it's very practical. Yeah, it feels pretty practical. Um, I was reading some reviews on it, and some people were like, oh, it's too technical. And I was like, I don't... Sounds like a you problem, you mean? Yeah, it might it might be an operator <laughs> issue for those guys. <laughs> Skill issue. Um, but that's the thing with prayer, too, is, is when you're researching it, it's... What is it? It's like reading about reading, you know? <laughs> right? Or talking about talking, right? It's if you're just praying about praying, then you're already praying, right? So as I was reading through this book and going through the different methods of prayer, he encourages you um, to try the prayers as you read them. Um, and not that there's liturgical prayers written out, but there's meditative prayer mm-hmm. where you set everything aside, right? And I can remember with the summer I was reading that book, I went out in my hammock and I just read this section on meditative prayer and uh, focusing on Christ and that, and I just sat there. And that was the application of the Right. Text. And it, it did help um, develop a prayer life, but there were certain terminologies I was not comfortable with in the book. Mm. Um, because Richard Foster, the way he writes, is a little more practical rather than theologically driven. Um, there was terminology like invite Christ into your bedroom like to it. be intimate with him. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that little... sucks. <laughs> if, you said, if you said that about anyone else, they're going to get the wrong idea. Yeah, and, but, and what he was talking about was intimate prayer, and he had laid up a precedent of what intimacy means within prayer. Um, you'd, it would require you to already have a healthy concept of that idea mm-hmm. just to use his vocabulary. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. So if you're already into Christianese, you'll read it a lot easier than maybe I did. Because I get a little bit critical about Christianese. Mm. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see kind of how it goes. But the section I really did like was unceasing prayer. Um, mm. Yeah, one out of five. It's not on the book review section, but I'm going to ask you to give it a review now. Yeah, I, I might give it a review later on. But um, for me, it was a four. Okay. For the average mm. person, I would say it's a three because you could land on either side. Mm. Right. Um, I think it really depends on your willingness to just go with the program. Right. Um, I don't think it's a book you can read super critically. I think it's something you just have to read, do it. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't toss it out. Right. Um, but he goes through such a wide breadth of, Mm -hmm. of different types of prayer. There's three sections of it. Um, if someone asked you, uh, what is prayer? Would you recommend it to them? What? Like if someone came up to you on the street and asked yeah. you, what is prayer? Would you would you recommend that book to them? No, it's for practicing Christians completely. Okay. Um, only because it does reference scripture without a ton of explanation of scripture. Okay. Right. So he'll have like just a, a piece of scripture there. And he starts every um, 
every section with a quote, sometimes from a theologian, not even mm. from scripture. Um, so there's like one, he quotes Karl Barth and I think he quotes Kierkegaard and another one, like, and every section is, is built off of very specific references or references to other Christian works. Okay. Um, probably depends on temperament of the person asking a lot. I'd imagine sure. like if someone's super theology heavy mm-hmm. comes from a far more confessional and yeah. let's say liturgical background, they might actually struggle with such a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it might be the very book they need. I don't know. If you want a good book, like just like as a lay, lay, lay person mm-hmm. on prayer, but also as an intellectual, uh, Tim Keller's prayer. Mm. Oh, the late God. Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sadly. sadly. Yeah. Beautiful man. Beautiful work. Great job. That book is phenomenal. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, our topic this t- today is prayer. So we get to carry on with prayer a bit. What? Um, I think judging by our, our outline, it's going to be more for practicing Christians. Mm. Um, I don't think any of us are going to dive into the psychology of it and all that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. think we're, it's, it's more of a of a introductory, practical, what is prayer? How do you how do you pray? What is the definition? What are the different modes of prayer? Mm-hmm. Right. What are some a problems? Gen- general guide, kind of. Yeah. What What is the topic of prayer in the Christian worldview, I guess? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so stick around. We'll see. Um, Definition-wise, what is mm-hmm. prayer? Just start real basic. What um, is prayer? Can I give out a simple one-liner? I hope so. Okay. Um, <laughs> prayer is communication upwards from an individual to the divine. Communication yeah. upwards to the divine? From an individual to the divine. There is a corporate aspect of prayer. Okay, mm-hmm. I was just. But it's a group of individuals doing it together. Okay. So. Isn't everything a group of individuals though? Yep. I don't. Know. I. I <laughs> does the individual aspect need to be there? Uh, the reason I say that is because you, as an individual, are partaking in it, mm-hmm. but it does not like. The group does not rob you of your agency as part of the individuality uh, is yeah. not necessary. Although the individual participation is yes. Mm. So, okay. like, Makes you sense. are praying with the group, yeah. right? But at any moment, you can just walk away. Like, it's not. Yeah, I really liked. Um, it's actually in a commentary um, by Craig Keener on Math uh, on Matthew. Um, he writes, this is on the Lord's Prayer, which we'll talk about a bit too as well. Prayer is not a complex ritual, but a simple cry of faith predicated on an assured relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like now, that definition. The issue I have with that is it's predicated on an assured relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think calling out in desperation outside of salvation, like somebody's not saved praying. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. That doesn't fit into that definition. That's fair. So what you're saying is is like a a prayer life, someone who has a life of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel, would you then say that that desperate cry is also a form of prayer? Like, does that in, in yeah. your definition does that include in it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, prayer of tears is a huge section in uh, Richard Foster's mm-hmm. book, um, okay. where he goes over uh, different psalms of lament as well as. Um, Attitudes of mourning. Um, very do we, interesting. Do we want to then get into the types of prayer? Because we have a list. Yeah. Bef- uh, before we do, I, I just had a thought mm-hmm. in real time, like oh, the previous episode. Wow. But uh, Joel, 
Yeah. Do you? There's more thought about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you consider prayer to be more closer to like the Psalms, the idea of the Psalms? Um, um yes. Songs dedicated to God, for God, to God. I think the Psalms are an example of liturgical prayer. Okay. Um, and I think that there's also something special to the Psalms being a collection of individuals and in their relationship to God. Um, the only constant being God representing a relationship between God and man. Right. I think that the picture shown through the prayers um, or the Psalms, because they're not old. I don't know. If you want to look at prayer as a genre, it's a little weird. Um, but there's Psalms so would count as prayers. There's so many different ways to look at Psalms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how yeah. exactly do they fit into Israelite worship? Right. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how how personable were they? Yeah, even the ones written by David. Yeah, how personal were they to David? Yeah. Right. How were they used after? Rather uh, collective, used mm-hmm. in courts, kind of thing. And yeah. and like the idea of like the Psalms being prayer would be like that more corporate aspect or personal aspect. But Psalms is a sorry prayer is a genre. I think it's better to see prayer as a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. a ritual in which yeah. you do as a believer of many faiths, but in the Christian sense Mm -hmm. that can, that is done both individually and corporately as the body. Um, and can be in the literary form. You can write prayers, but sure. I agree. Yeah. Does, Um, yeah, I think we'll get into that when we cover exactly mm -hmm. corporate prayer. I do have a question before we move off of definitions. Mm -hmm. Um, how does God hear the prayer of the unrepented sinner? No, yes. If it's a prayer of repentance, then he has to, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, he hears it all. Okay, does. but let, let's let's dig down on hears because I know you're going to go with God hears everything. Omniscient, like, duh. For I those get it. who have ear, let them hear. And hear yeah. God. Does does God Ignor- ignores it? He hears it, but he chooses not to answer it. Not just answer, not to, let's say, value. Sure. Right? Um, okay. Interesting. There's a lot of stuff more more like talked around in the Old Testament um, where it's God turns his face away. God yeah. does not hear the cries of right. people who have bashed his name and mm-hmm. cut against his covenant. Yeah. Not cut against well, these Israelites in Exodus is what you're kind of... Not, right, not when so he, much when in he finally Exodus. hears them. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. Um, the context of hearing in that would be in the same idea as uh, did you understand in the old Hebrew sense, which was if you didn't, like, if you were being taught something or told to do something, if you didn't do it, they would say you were not listening. But that doesn't mean you didn't hear it. Like you heard it, but there was a direct cons- like mm-hmm. relationship between not hearing something and not and choosing to disobey or not disobeying, right. not and obeying. Is that more what we're talking about then? And I think that's what Maybe. it's talking about. Is that like definitely in the Old Testament? That's what's going on. Yeah. It's, so, but yeah. Le- leading that into the practical aspect of today, just before we get off in definitions, because mm-hmm. I think that relational aspect, and this might be the the difference between some of us here, that relational aspect is required in prayer, I think. Yes. Uh, God has a relationship with everybody, regardless of if it's a yeah. relationship of hostility de- hostility or or friendship um, or adoption, I should say. Okay. Um, 
And so does God, he, just to use that term, hear or act on or value um, the prayers of those who are actively hostile? I think mm. he... Other than, like, other than repentance, which, which yeah. is the spirit work within the, within the, the believer anyway. Um, I would personally say no. Only, mostly because when the prayers descri- um, described in the Bible, to be fair, my I haven't looked at every single verse on this, but uh, as prayers defined in like more of the Old Testament, as well as like how Jesus talks about with his parables and stuff, there is a very close, re- like you said, relational aspect to prayer itself. If you don't have that kind of relationship with them, like a father to a son, then. Oh yeah, I don't the, think yeah. Paul gets the we cry out Abba Father, right? Mm-hmm. And even yeah. even Lord's Prayer, it's the yes, it's the Our Father, Our Father who right? art in heaven. Yeah, but well, and you also get the relation, like the how does the Trinity play into prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, and it like you can piece together the ideas that we're praying to the Father, the bridge that allows the, and this is where the the in only those with a relationship with Christ would be able to get it. Kind of would there be, are instances where they pray to Christ in the New Testament. No, yeah. I just want to get through this. Okay. Um, the you would the idea is that you're praying to God, right? And that the one that receives it and transfers it, or the one that is the receiver of all prayer, is Christ, and that is how it gets to the Father. And that's why there's the relational aspect of those that are within Christ are those, the prayers that are active or interacted with. Sure. And the Holy Spirit is the one that makes you acceptable between you and Christ, hence justification and sanctification, to be able to even pray properly or have that. And so like that would be the Trinitarian relationship with prayer. And I would go for that, but I definitely think there's exceptions. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to... Um, hmm. I think there's a few people in the Old Testament that would be able to pray that would not have that relationship. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think yelling at God is the same as prayer. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and but, I think... But, but there might be in a person's process of the spirit at work in the mm-hmm. non-believer. Yeah. Where, yes. Well, I, yeah. yeah, and so I think those exceptions may, may be what, yeah. what Josh is talking about there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and that's not, kind of what Joel mentioned with... Uh, repentant heart but it's not not always just repentant you have people who are not repentant yet but they have a tension eating them up on the inside where Mm -hmm. they slowly are coming to faith it's not a it's not a cry of of repentance yet Mm -hmm. but it's the holy spirit clearly working within the individual and they'll still cry out you know lie awake at night that type of stuff here's one um darius saying i pray that your god keeps you alive Mm. right was his prayer accepted or was it the will of God because of Daniel already? Mm-hmm. But King of Persia did henotheistic believed his own religion. Well, one of the didn't have a repentant relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Would it be fair to say with that? Cause one of the core aspects as we'll get into of prayer is aligning your, your will with God's will kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that an instance of him submitting to the God of, uh, the Hebrews and aligning his will, uh, Cyrus's will with God's will kind of thing. Let him protect you because that's already his will kind of thing. Potentially. Well, he was, it was more in the case of a uh, hope. That's true. Cause he doesn't want him to die. Cause he was, he realized that like the relationship with the religion at the time, he had no power over it. Right. With his previous decree. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, do we want to go into the Lord's Prayer? Yes. As an example? Yeah. So or why why would you say the Lord's Prayer is so important to begin with? Because it is, the disciples explicitly asked Jesus, mm-hmm. how do we pray? What do we do? Mm-hmm. And it's his answer. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he is, you know, Jesus. <laughs> the and one it, who had perfect relation to the Father. Mm-hmm. Fully human in such a way that we can emulate. Um, and so if we want to emulate the founder and perfecter of our faith, mm. um, if he sets forward a model, that would be obviously the one that we should look to primarily. Yeah. And it, it's like, as far as uh, Christian culture goes, it's like the Ten Commandments, right? Like everybody knows it. it. It's up there. It's one yeah. of the it's top there with John things to And it reflects yeah. the Ten Commandments yeah. in, in partitioning I have itself towards God and man. About that, yeah. yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah, the first th- the first three. section is God, last section is man. Oh, yeah. yeah, like the first oh. four commandments okay, in the last section. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's we'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to read it out of Matthew um, Matthew six. I'm going to read a little bit before because he also mm-hmm. talks a little bit about prayer just before. So Matthew six five to thirteen, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love standing and praying in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven. Hallowed be thy man. I'm going into King James. Just yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. hey. our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. So. And we're not going to read the. It the was hard on. to say debts there. Hey, you were going to say trespasses. Oh man, it was so <laughs> <Yeah>. rough. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I'm not going to bring up the later editions. Mm-hmm. Uh, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's great. It's, it's awesome. Most, <laughs> it's the most metal part about it. <laughs> I love it. It's just not probably what Jesus said. Yeah. Um, why is so? It, um, Matthew's not the only one to talk about it. Luke also talks about it. Mm-hmm. There's parts he leaves out. Um, specific, like strange parts that he leaves out. Do you think that's intentional or because just he's writing to a different audience so it's not as impactful? Is is Luke saying that those parts don't really matter for the Lord's Prayer as much? I think it's Luke just doesn't know about them. Interesting. Really? No. Okay. I, I mean, maybe yeah. I have too low of a view of Scripture. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to say uh, you want, if you want to make an argument, Luke is the one who has more sources than Matthew. Sure, but Matthew might ha- probably wrote first with the sayings of Jesus, so I would argue he would have had the best sources on what Jesus actually said. Mm-hmm. I've also heard they had different sources. Yeah, that, that's yeah. or that proto Matthew was the source for Luke. Mm-hmm. It's a whole yep. thing. Yeah. Um, Watch the Gospels episode. You'll learn all about Q. Yeah. If people are having problems with this, um, I would I would probably my personal default after reading through it and reading stuff on it mm-hmm. is to say that Matt, uh, Luke was talking about something very different. This whole thing is cut down. It's not mm-hmm. just the prayer, prayer itself. He's having a very different context and theme when he's talking about what it is. Although the idea of the prayer is still very important. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, 
Oh, and if you want to uh, see about the uh, piety and all that, uh, listen to our Pharisees episode. We're mm-hmm. plugging all of our episodes now. We got a catalog <laughs> now, and you got to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so first thoughts with the Lord's Prayer is what I love about it is uh, God first. Because yep. yes. it's borrowed from a synagogue prayer. Yes. Synagogue prayer, Kaddish. Um, it starts off, here's the first three lines, exalted and hallowed be his great name in the world which he created according to his will. May his kingdom rule. I've heard that, yeah. yeah. So it's so cool. It's Jesus obviously inspired by something local. Well, and what's interesting, but his addition of the our father. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Right? Not my father, our father. Which is a very interesting because um, when I went to a Orthodox church, one of the things he mentioned was when you're praying in the entryway, when you're doing personal prayers, you say my father. When we're in corporate prayer, we always say our. Mm-hmm. We we never talk about it in the personal sense because we're in corporate worship. Sure. Um, and everything is spoken that way. And it's just interesting that he says our father, even though in every other context when he talks, he says my father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one, one of the yeah. interesting things with that is that it's also Jesus telling them how they should do it. So he's not talking about him and how mm-hmm. he prays. It's talking about this is what you should pray. Yeah. The big problem, like you, you had that one thought. The big problem I see that churches and people especially tend to debate, is it this prayer we're supposed to pray or is it more of an outline? I think both. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So are you you're saying is Jesus saying to value liturgical prayer or rather giving us a format? What is he's yeah, a Jew who would have valued liturgical prayer? Yeah. Well, I mean cr- early Christians value. would have valued liturgical yeah. prayer. That's yeah. why Psalms was always paired with the yeah. gospels. Yeah. Right? Um you also have the one line and I'm not sure which gospel it is. He says pray this um uh when you have nothing else. Um there's a specific line where it's it's like Luke? I, I think so. Um, where it's it's also predicated on when you find yourself praying and you're like, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a backdrop. And because of that, it is a framework to to do everything. Pray for, you know, praise God. Thank him for what he's done. Pray that his will is done. Wait, this, this is what we're supposed to pray? Yeah. If we have nothing else? Is that what he says about the Lord's Prayer? It's not saying that like only when you have nothing else. Right. But it's just like... If you find yourself in a place where you're like, I don't know what to pray, right? Just like they are. They're mm-hmm. asking, what do I pray? Right? Um, I don't see that. I don't. Yeah? Yeah, I don't see that. Man, I didn't see that either. Am I making stuff up? I think so. Let me, let me, let no, me do some research. You're probably right. It might be one of the, um, like, Corinthians or something talking about I thought that's what the spirit groaning was, guys. <laughs> okay, yes. I think it's utterances, isn't it? It's, it's the groaning. Oh. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We might be thinking Romans, something else. Guys, we're all over the place. This we is need fun. to align ourselves with each other, too, dude. Yeah. Well, hang on. Corinthians, that's the, not Romans. That's one of the best parts about this this podcast is the fact yes. that we have different viewpoints. Um, okay. So in the Thoughts in Real Time episode, we talked about, um, is prayer the same as manifestations? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, think that fits in this? No. Co- no. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Go to our episode. No. To learn about episode. that. Simple answer, no. Um, well, Yes, Caleb, go. One of the things that I like about this prayer, and I think that 
I think in this sense, it operates as a temp template more so, Colton, um, yep. to answer your question. Um, heavily theologically focused, heavy outward focused. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, how can I say it? Um, it starts with God, work, um, moves to his kingdom. So our mm-hmm. participation in that, um, God's acts in the world uh, moves to our daily bread, our sustaining, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then moves on to to um, forgiveness of sins, and mm-hmm. from, deliverance and all that. Um, it's, it's heavily practical, but just saturated in theological verbiage, mm-hmm. right? You could not understand this, this prayer unless you were a Jew in that time or a Christian shortly after or now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I, th- those those phrases wouldn't have the same weight, and so I, I think <laughs> that our prayers should not be so inward focused, but they should be outward focused with our theological imagination on how we view the world. So we should. You've often prayed. I imagine you guys have prayed where it's like the um, God, let me see them as you see them. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where it's where it's it's your it's not just, hey God, which do I buy the blue house or the yellow car or the mm-hmm. very material things. I think I think um and I need to put W D forty on that chair again, eh? Yep. <laughs> um <laughs> might get picked up. Pa- prayer is part of our taking every thought captive, presenting it to God, um, rearticulating our perspective of the world, perspective of others, and perspective of ourself in relation to God. Sure. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, sit down and make sure your prayer is theologically 100% all the time when you're crying out to God, like as Joel had mentioned, a lot of the Psalms are, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the Psalms aren't. Every now and then it's like, that's weird. So you're touching on something sort of important when it comes to talking about prayer here, Mm -hmm. Uh, just because I think a lot of people don't really understand this part, is prayer more of a conversation you're just including god in your life or is it more directing your life towards god it it can be both but like a lot of people will like you said if they're buying the yellow or the red house if we uh like we can we can say oh that feels a bit silly but like there's people who do that and they're trying to connect their life with with god more and more um even if it's something very mundane if it's something they don't really need they're not really asking uh like you need give me this. It's well, just including him. Do we want to jump the gun to a specific question then? And I don't want to jump ahead, but we can. I I, I think I think it would fit. Is prayer a conversation, mm-hmm. or is it more of a one? Is it a two way street or one way street? Hmm. It's a two way street. I think it um, has to be two way. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is because. Um, Prayer is, and I'm taking this from 1 John 5, um, prayer is you ask God for things, yes, but it's the seeking of the kingdom first and aligning with God's will. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is through prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't get to know God's will unless you're confronted with it. Right. Um, Unless you are, unless it's revealed to you through the word. And unless you are confronted with it, when you pray for something and you don't get it, you understand more. Mm-hmm. You understand more about the, oh, okay, so not getting it was 
according to scripture, either for my good, according to his will, um, not meant to be. Um, and through continuously staying in that conversation with God mm-hmm. continuously, and we'll get into the types of prayer first, but like interceding, lamenting, uh, repenting, petition, praise, and thanksgiving, going to God in those modes, mm-hmm. you start to confront God. And if you pay attention, you start to see him responding in with yes or no. Well, I think there's there's a Kierkegaard quote that I always mm-hmm. end up coming back to for this question. And I don't even know how much I've, I'm super comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you guys I are more on board than me. <laughs> I, yes. I agree. And I love Kierkegaard. I think there's, but. with prayer, prayers, at least in the contemporary world, is seen as a very general idea. Um, and like you said, there's Joel um, in your book, there's many different types of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know necessarily what it was like back then because the Bible does talk about it here and there, but yeah. it's not explorative into the boundaries of prayer and all the different types you could do, although it gives guidelines for them um, and talks about different ones. I Yeah, I think people are confused on how to pray. Mm-hmm. And if it is this, I think that all prayer needs to align your will with God, not in that it's like this liturgical sense, but you're connecting yourself to God, not pulling God to you. Well, you even have that example of of Christ in Gethsemane. Not mm-hmm. my will, but yours. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And this is the point of prayer, is that you can ask him anything. You can pray to him, I want this thing. But as long as you recognize that in the prayer, that it is about aligning yourself with God's will and that his will will be what happens, not what you want, mm-hmm. um, yeah. then that is the mode right? Of the, yes, I want this going to your father for anything, going to your father in hard times or for gifts, as Jesus says, don't you know that like a good father won't give mm-hmm. somebody a, his son, a snake when he, snake. Mm-hmm. when he asks for bread or the, you have not cause you ask not. Yeah. 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 Um, and specifically in John five, I'm just going to quickly read it's directly related and it, it relates to the hearing stuff that we talked about. But it's a, I write these things to you who believe in the name of Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Okay. okay. Is it the uh, according to his will? Like if we're doing it according to his will, that's the key part of it. If- anything according to his will. Yep. He hears us. And if he hears us, but that that prayer is an assurance of the eternal life. That's what it's predicated on. Mm. This is our confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like getting into that relational aspect that yeah. you talked about. Yeah. yeah. That it's by continuously going to God, by continuously praying to him, you further understand his will and you further understand your place with him. Well, that's also why it should be coupled so closely with the reading of God's word. Yes. Um, because if you were going to receive an answer from God, you better know the voice of the shepherd. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Do we want to go, because you're bringing this up, do we want to go into the patterns of prayer, then go into questions? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Let's, let's, let's just talk about reading the Bible in prayer, and then we'll, we'll get, to, get on to the rest of the patterns mm-hmm. of prayer. Um, honestly, I, so I, I did a little bit of... Um, I think next episode I'll talk about 
uh, the Anglican way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Book that I read about Anglicanism. Been fascinated with Anglicanism a little bit. Um, but in the the Daily Office, Common Book of Prayer stuff, um, prayer and biblical reading go hand in hand. And I've done I've done that occasionally, and it's it's helped my my devotional life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's great. I, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of sad that I haven't <laughs> been reading my Bible and praying at the same time. Uh, one of the things with biblical reading, I don't know if uh, I'm sure you're going to go. Uh, Joel's going to go off uh, what Richard Foster says mm-hmm. um, in a bit here. But one of the things that I noticed was as Scripture operates as a mirror for myself, it illuminates yeah. the thing I must, uh, the yep. things I must pray about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the things that God has given me that I should be grateful of. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, reading and the Bible would be the pattern that we should go into. Well, weirdly enough, um, in Pentecostal circles, what I've noticed is that prayer and reading God's word is closely associated, even though it's not overtly said with reader response theory. Oh no. Like a hermeneutics of reader response. That's not just, that's just not Pentecostal. That's permeated throughout church history. Really? This week I saw it very clearly in a, in a, in a Pentecostal. Oh, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. What <laughs> yeah. I'm saying is that's not just in Pentecostalism. Yeah. That's been all throughout church history. There's there's elements of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's super interesting. But it is reader-response theory. Yeah. Um, even if it is kind of reinforced with um, kind of this a Holy Spirit authority on what you say. Do you mind just giving a definition of reader-response theory? Yeah, reader-response theory would be that the most important communicative aspect of reading Scripture is the relationship between the reader and the written word, rather than the author in the written word yep. or the inspiration of God in the written word. It's what so I see in the text. It's Yeah, it is the most... It's individual contextualization. Um mm. Does that does that track with what you know of reader response? So yeah, my my here's nothing, the thing. Nobody's here. impressed with it, but it here's, is here's the, the default thing. way. If the Holy Spirit operates in the life of the believer, <laughs> that might not be Scripture speaking, but it might be the Holy Spirit speaking to you through Scripture. Sure. Here, here's the problem. Um, I have an issue with reader response theory when it comes to literally every other literary work ever, <laughs> because I am not, I'm just not a big fan of it. <laughs> so when I hear it, I immediately go no. But then I consider it a little further. I'm like, oh, shoot, because it is individual, because you are talking with God and because Mm -hmm. it might be personally applicable, it might have that response to an extent. We're not saying that scripture itself changes for the person, Mm -hmm. but more that each person gets something different out of it. Is that what you're saying? I don't think... Josh doesn't like this. It's not fair to say every person gets something different out of it, but I'm saying I think a, a healthy reader's response is that there are things within the text that may be more apparent to some than others through their own individual lens. But a bad reader response will say there are things that will be revealed in the text that no one's ever seen before that they will know through the Holy Spirit. That's yes. bad reader we'll response. Be, no, it's not bad reader response. It's heresy. Well, it but can anyway. result here, here's in heresy. The, here's, here's the problem. I have a question for you then. Okay. If, re, if reader response is done, even in the negative sense that Joel is putting forward there, but it is not ascribed to the authority of the biblical text. Instead, it is viewed that the Bible is the medium through which the spirit spoke to the individual. Right. Therefore, it is not given scriptural authority mm-hmm. it is given the authority of the Holy Spirit that is active in the life of the believer, mm-hmm. which is authoritative. Although not, let's say, confirmably so because it is their subjective experience. 
that only they can verify intuitively themselves like you and i can't i can't verify mm-hmm. your experience with the holy spirit although if the spirit moves in your life um and you know it to be so then that would be authoritative in your in your relationship with god is that wrong say that all in simpler terms oh i think i got it okay. so if you use testimony as your exegesis and call it expository preaching then is that right that's the no that's not what i said oh, okay Sorry. I, what i said I is if it is not if I read a if I read a biblical text, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's talking about this sin or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the Holy Spirit, through my reading, convicts me. Says this is speaking about you, right? To you, mm-hmm. um, and I go, okay, so that's not exegetically. That is not what the author's talking about. That is not the that is not what the text means. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the Holy Spirit has used that text to speak to me something different than the author originally intended. And I I don't hold scriptural authority to it, but it does still function in my prayer life as God answering or God speaking to me um, in my devotional prayer. Yes, that would be called mm-hmm. conviction. Sure, but it doesn't just have to happen with, with sin. What I'm saying is that if yeah. in your prayer, with your biblical read, it was your Bible reading. If the Holy Spirit uses, man, how am I arguing Pente- like Pentecostals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if it, it's not what Scripture is saying, and it's what the Holy Spirit is telling you, mm-hmm. then it's not what Scripture is saying. So it has nothing to do with the reader response theory. Well, no, because it would be but, Scripture that's highlighting it to you th- yeah, by the Spirit. It's, but it could the, be any book. The, it, yes. Well, can, yes. can it? Yes. It, it so it's be. so it wouldn't be it would have nothing to do with Scripture itself. Therefore, it is simply the Holy Spirit speaking to you using a catalyst. That's that's my whole point. Sure. I think the important part yeah. is the catalyst but, itself. Yeah, but it that because it is the Bible, the living Word of God. Some it, catalysts are easier than yes, others. But sure. Scripture is clear that the only way you can verify that that's actually happening is Scripture, because that's the only actual way we can discern the Spirit that is speaking to you. Yeah. Otherwise, it is subjective experience. Otherwise, it is subjective experience and not authoritative. Not mm-hmm. not authoritative. It's not authoritative. In scriptural's way. In scripture's way. No, no, no. It's not authoritative because there's no way you can discern the spirit unless you have the scripture to tell you. The Holy Spirit acting in your life is not authoritative. There's no way you can discern the spirit. I disagree. That's the whole point of scripture. If it's... Oh, I okay, okay. That's how you have to come to know Christ. And that's how you have sure. to be able to discern that the spirit is in you. Okay, question, question. Yeah. I, we're, re- we're derailing a little bit. <laughs> but okay. this is interesting, I think. Um, you're praying. Right? Reading your Bible at the same time. Okay. The Spirit tells you, quote unquote, let's say, mm-hmm. the Spirit tells you, hey, you should go and talk to so and so. That's the impression that you get. And you get that impression because you're reading Philip walking on the road to go talk, and, and, and the, and yeah. the, uh, the eunuch is going there and he has a question. He says, hey, you should go talk to so and so. Yes what the spirit has impressed on you what he has said is that authoritative in your life yes okay even though it had nothing to do with the text you can say that the principles are in the biblical text and that's how we can verify it yes and all that and i I get that and you only know it's the spirit because you have the text because i'm a christian who's talking to god okay Hmm. but this is all predicated on the fact that i'm a christian yes yeah i it's just my my issue with and maybe, That's the this, point, maybe, is maybe, that, maybe this is just because 
of the hard stance that you took. And then I'm just wanting to verify that that yeah. concept is still alive. Yes. I, I would assume it is. I'm just verifying Absolutely. that for the listeners. Um, we can know that what the spirit has impressed you to do to go talk to that person is because we see that see elements of that in the biblical text and we can verify that that is the thing yes. that, the spirit that does. God does. That is right. the thing that he does. That is what the spirit does. Yes. Um, if he were to impress something different, then you'd go, well, okay, I need to think and pray and read. And because, because the spirit who has inspired scripture mm-hmm. has inspired, has expressed the whole revelation of God for humanity. Mm-hmm. If it's different than what scripture is saying, he is not inconsistent. Okay. I, I agree. So I agree. If, he, if I'm hearing something that is not in scripture, that is the discerning factor that the scripture gives to me to be able to discern if this is the Holy Spirit or another spirit. That meaning that when I get convicted by something that is not in the text, but is still scripture role, and it aligns with the will and the work of the church through mm-hmm. which the Holy Spirit is the active component of both, then I know. But it is not through the scripture. But is through the scripture's authority via the spirit that I am able to discern that that is the spirit. Therefore, as the Bible states, the scripture is the only way I can be able to discern the spirit and the will of God. Okay, weigh what you hear with what you know. I'm, yes. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good. With yeah. That. I just wanted that further clarified. Yeah. I I have issues with bits and pieces, but generally I agree. Mm-hmm. You put church authority higher than I do, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting bit. Church authority is second to the word. Oh, I know it's second to yeah. the word, but you, you just included it in. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I don't disagree. I'd just love to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we're having a conversation about But prayer. this is important because when you're praying to God, you're aligning your will with his. Yes. And you know his will, specifically to tie it back into prayer and reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. You only know that through the word. Yeah. And so in that, how do you pray? Right? You go to scripture, Jesus says, this is how you pray. Mm-hmm. How do I pray? I observe Jesus praying to his father in John mm-hmm. 19, 19, 17, the high priestly prayer. It, yeah. Um, you observe people praying in the Old Testament, in the Psalms. Yeah. Um, and so Timothy Keller does this really good thing with reading in the Bible. He, I, the reason I structured this, reading and meditation, reading in the Bible, reading and meditation, and reading the Bible, mm-hmm. um, is because he goes into how they all interplay with each other as mm-hmm. spiritual practices and how they're different from the rest of religions, prayer, meditation, and reading of scripture. Um, and how like he creates this through line of them, but different variations. And so one of the things he does is prayer after reading the scripture or prayer or praying scripture, praying mm-hmm. the Psalms. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so like when you read the word, Right. When you pray, right, you can pray obviously through like you're praying for the meeting or we prayed before this podcast or we're praying for, you know, someone, whatever. There's all those prayers. Mm -hmm. But in devotional life, when you pray, read the Bible, read the Bible, then pray. Mm -hmm. You can devotionally pray without it. But when you can, right, it should be coupled because the word is how God speaks to you. God can speak to you through the spirit as we discussed. God, right as with a personal relationship, but as you pray in your devotional life, incorporate scripture as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Cause there's two things we're told to do unceasingly. Yeah. Read scripture and pray. Yeah. <laughs> so question, do them together. Question. Therefore, uh, you mentioned meditation in there. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of my favorite quotes by Dietrich Bonhoeffer is when he's asked about, do you meditate? Mm-hmm. And he goes, of course I do. I'm a Christian. 
<laughs> yes, now, in right. the modern sense, we'll hear meditate yeah. and we're like, oh, so like yoga, Eastern stuff? No, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a bummer because in in the West, in the modern West here, it seems a little bit like the phrase and the idea of meditation mm-hmm. um, has been kind of just... It's become gone. a bad word. Yeah, and it's gone, come by the, the wayside in, in, let's say, the, the evangelical world more specifically. Yep. Um, what is Christian meditation? According to Timothy Keller's book, Prayer, uh-huh. um, which has been really good in the same way that the Anglican way has been good for you in that about this topic, um, is meditation. So what he does in the beginning of the book is define what is prayer different from the rest of the world's religions and what is meditation different from the rest of the world's religions. Um, and the way he describes it is meditation in the East is focusing on a fundamental thing like prayer to devoid the mind, to get away from experience. Um, and then meditation in scripture is after reading mm. the text, meditating on what the text says, mm. not just like thinking, like you close your eyes, then you just let the brain go wild and do its thing. No, it's like you read the Lord's prayer and you're going, okay, our father, and you can focus as intently as you want or as, or categorically, whatever, but intentionally pointing your attention entirely right. on what it's saying and, and aspects of, that, of it. Right. And part of that is not doing anything else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, it's, it's sitting there and it's going, okay, so our father, our father, corporate <laughs> father, the God, God is my father. I know this because of scripture and mm-hmm. carrying that thought through and focusing down that path of where you're being drawn yeah. one, one by the, the word. One of the earliest um, Christian prayers of meditation mm-hmm. is just Maranatha, repeated slowly. Yeah. Um, and it's, oh, Lord, come. Okay. And so the, the concept is, is it focuses you on the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. It focuses you on the eschatological hope. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the... the um, your dependency mm-hmm. on and that devotion hope, on his lordship um and how this world is like the current environment isn't isn't forever um, it's okay. so very much on the on the it, I, I guess it, it would to get back into the lord's prayer it, it focuses your your mind your imagination mm-hmm. captures captures your imagination to think of the things the theological concepts of of his lordship of his of his, of the world to come, the hope that is what gets like the, the, the sustaining power that, that he has given you to live until he does come. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and, but all that said is Maranatha, Maranatha, Maranatha. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think that's like immediately in the early church, if my memory's right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's even, I think the word is even in the new Testament. I think it's, well, and then you've got, um, it's prayer focused, but it is meditative in what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Catholic, uh, use of like our fathers repeating them over and over and over mm-hmm. again. The, the Holy mother prayers, the, yep. you, you've got all of those things repeated over and over and over again as a form of focusing the mind, focusing the mind, draw attention upwards, draw attention to the transcendent, to God, yeah. the father. And there's been like a, um, newer movement to kind of reclaim, like you said, the meditative status mm-hmm. by, I think it's the spiritual discipline of solitude is kind of what it's taken. Yes. 
taken on and and well that practice is not as I would say liturgical because you, you guys are talking about prayers that you would say in order to focus the mind but I think there's a a new movement towards the um almost against the entertainment nature mm-hmm. of of a Christian life right that you always need to have worship music on or that you always need to be listening yes. to a Christian podcast you don't always need to guys you could turn it off every yeah. once in a while well, please um, don't finish the episode yeah. yeah finish the episode but please turn it off at some well point. it should be seen this is yeah. supplementary not primary the word is primary yeah yeah and secondary I, I, even <laughs> tertiary and I think that there's a, a a fear in modern culture of genuine solitude yeah um and genuine like meditative practice um because to focus on something that's not yourself for so long is uh is well, countercultural yeah at this point so and, uh, again if you are not comfortable with meditative language mm-hmm. maybe look into the spiritual practice of solitude one well, here's the here's the ultimate guide that Tim Keller gave if you're going to orient these three things into your devotional life, which was mm-hmm. read the word, read a section. Yeah. Uh, and then so you get scripture, you get God speaking to you, you get the revelation, right? And then what you do is you meditate on it. And then after five, 10 minutes of meditation on the word, specific focused thought, that should explode and draw your mind into those deep things, those transcendent things, and then pray on that. And then personal prayer, like petition, lament, blah, 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 tagged on. Right. Like, so like get the word from the head to the heart, right? Read, meditate, pray, and then respond. Right. So you've got that you're receiving, it's dropping right. down. If you're doing, out. if you're doing that kind of prayer, yeah. right? Well, yeah. And or then prayer and, in general. Yeah. And this would this would be like the devotional aspect of like these three right. things. No, I, I, do sorry. T- yeah. It, it w- Are you saying that's how we should pr- do generally all prayer? Not literally every prayer, but generally. No, he's saying in the devotional aspect. Well, okay, let's move right into then types of prayer. Absolutely. Like we've 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 hammered out devotional prayer. Mm-hmm. But there are there's other forms of prayer. There's intercession. There's lament, repentance, petition, praise, thanksgiving, and then more. Those are the ones that we have. Um, you can find pretty well all of those in Psalms. And there's as, more. Yeah, and, that's what well, yeah. that's what I just said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's more. Those those are the ones that, that we have here. You can also see it in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, you can see several of these in, in the Lord's Prayer. At for least sure. they're, they're concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Should we start with repentance? Sure. Well, that's that's the one that. Uh, Every Christian, right off the bat, you were hostile to God. You are now made, you are now adopted. Mm -hmm. Um, Repenting, turning oneself um, to God, to to recognize the sacrifice of Christ, to recognize your sin, to recognize your dependency um, on on God Mm -hmm. and the necessity. Um, That is the first active step in relationship with God that you can take. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is not something that you stop. No. Yeah. The the idea of the prayer of confession, Mm -hmm. it happens once, but you keep confessing. Mm -hmm. You, you keep praying it. Yeah. Right. Until you die. (laughs) You look like you have something to say, Joel. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you, it's, it's the, the, the act of repentance is lifelong. Die to yourself every day, continuously pray, you know, and it's in the mode of the knowledge that you have as a Christian that I am saved. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's the continuously giving over of the sin continuously as a sanctification 
as a sanctification process, right? That continuously purge the evil, refine me with fire, Mm -hmm. you know, gut the sin out of me, kill it. Mm -hmm. If it kills me, leave me not in temptation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do it. Yeah. 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 It's not the, it's, it's, I find it interesting in the Lord's prayer. It's not even just a help me, help me sustain through temptation. Mm -hmm. Which obviously, I, I I think that that's, that's well. That would people be people could add that in, of yeah. course. Um, but it is interesting that yeah. it's like the uh, don't please, don't please. I can it. resist anything but temptation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, and it's it's the like, you know, like is it? Do you pray just forgive me my sins, or is it like God forgive me? I did this. I did this. I disappointed you with this. I didn't glorify you here when I should have, and I know it. And the just like going through the whole process. And the more you go through it, the more you realize this goes into a book called deeper that you and I both read by Dan Ortland. Ortland, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I've it's the process of, of continuously seeing yourself continuously being confronted and convicted of your sin and in turn going to Christ and seeing him as greater every time. Yeah. And the further you see yourself, the more you see of your sin, the more you see of his goodness and the less shame you feel as a result. His grace is greater. Yeah. Always. Because every time as I see my sin grow, as I see my ability to see how evil I am gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And then I'm confronted with the promise. Yeah. But you're still saved. Yeah. And And, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, you're right. Um, Beautiful. But I think one of the important things to say with this kind of confessional and repentance prayer, it's not something Okay, for the lack of a better word, because I can't think of something. It's not something you just do liturgically. It's not I, I, the wrong word, I know. But it's not something you do because you have to do it. It's something you should be present for. It's something you are t- intentionally doing because you care. You're not just saying it for this, the sake of mm-hmm. saying it. Here's the thing. Okay, um, I might get in hot water over this. <laughs> is this. Is this in one of the... Yeah, this is one of the questions, although this is more specifically in terms of, okay. uh, of um, repentance. If you don't feel it, you still do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's... Because that's all you can do sometimes. That's all depends. you... If you can't submit to God emotionally, you do so cognitively. You do mm-hmm. so... Sure. You try. In yep. the same way In the same way that it's like, I'm not... I might not be a generous man, but I know I, I am in full control of whether or not I give my tithe. Yes. Right? And yeah, I'm in full control of whether or not I'm, I'm generous or not. But that is, that is something that I can do. Um... What's, what's that, Josh? Well, because the not feeling like talking to God is the sin. Well, that yeah, that yep. is a sin. And yeah, so yeah. when you are in that moment and you're like, I know I should pray, but I shouldn't. That's a, that's a prayer of confession. God, I, but, I don't want to pray, but I am. But not to lessen Colton's point. Yes. It is a... It's not liturgical in that like force through mechanical... You're just doing yeah. it, going through the motions. Um, yeah. Although if that's all you can do, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, most sure. prayers of repentance, um, are gut wrenching are you really, I'm like, this is not to, not to get all personal, but this is like half of my repentance prayers well, mm-hmm. are I, this are like me just forcing through. I know I am mm-hmm. not in the right standing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not disagreeing that the, the reason I said it depends okay. is because then you have to have a very different mindset. It's not, you don't whether emotionally or, or spiritually feel this repentance, the deep repentance in you, but you're still doing it. That's 
different from just going through the motions. I'm trying to distinct, just doing sure. it, just doing it because that's what other people do. That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, oh I, I and guess. And being like, I should be doing this. I'm going to do it. I don't feel it necessarily, but I should do I mean, this. Like I've prayed the whole, like, you know, God, forgive me, save me from myself. Cause I'm not, I'm not here. I can't do this. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that would be different than somebody just like, oh, I sinned. I guess I got to say, God, forgive me. Move on. Yeah. yeah I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm arguing for the former, not the. Yes. Not the, not I, the I'm trying to distinct yeah. the two yeah. mm-hmm. just for clarity's sake. I think even outside of that, I'm, I'm just going to do a quick. Absolutely, Joel. Um, there's a, there's a contemplative nature to repentance as well. Um, it's a nice word. There has to be like a, a, a mindfulness to it. So I think you do it whether you like to or not for the same reason you would journal whether you like to or not mm-hmm. is because you're taking a moment to remember, right? Um, and, and it builds upon this, uh, this awareness. And like you said, Jesus gets greater the more you repent, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's because you're recognizing the sin that he's saving you from. Yeah. Right? And he's also the praying without ceasing it doesn't have an exception. Yeah, actually, uh, Foster touches on that a little bit, and mm-hmm. he says that could both be the liturgical, like you said, but... Um, well, again, liturgical is order of service. It's Yeah, the, we're probably yeah. using that word wrong, just because, yeah. you know, we're it's not... I'm not from a... Compulsory. Yeah. Let's, let's say formulaic. Formulaic, yeah. Yeah, formulaic is a better word for it. Yeah. Um, it's not like a formulaic thing, but also... I think, it, at least my teaching growing up, was always, um, you just have to be ready to pray at any time. If a thought comes to mind, you pray it. Well, right. Um, absolutely. But to use a, an example, uh, there is also a benefit from doing it, even if it's formulaic. And it's the same as uh, Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, getting him to do the yeah. wax on, wax off. He has no idea what he's doing. Mm. It has no meaning to him. I... But, the, but the practice mm. of the thing is beneficial long term if you do it for a long time. If you do it unceasingly, you create the pattern of prayer. Sometimes you don't mean it. Sometimes you don't even care. Right. Right. But the doing of the thing continuously builds that into you repetitive, that, that habit. Right. Builds that thing within you. I agree. I, th- I think the reason I bring it up is because both the Pharisees and the Jews in the Old Testament, and then some of the, the especially false teachers and stuff, people are criticized for praying but not being engaged because they're doing it for their own personal selfish reasons. Well, yeah, and Jesus and so, Jesus talks about this exactly. in, the, in context of the Lord's Prayer, yeah. Does he actually? Yeah. Well, it's, he, it's the don't play like prayer like the hypocrites. Oh, yeah. That's don't pray like the hypocrites. Which is referring to the Pharisees who were seen as the most pious out of all yep. of them mm-hmm. and use that as political power to mm-hmm. say we are the most Jewish of the Jews, therefore but, we are in the Sanhedrin as a whole thing. Yeah. However... The difference there is that they wanted to pray that way. This is com- this is just going through the motions. Mm. This is different. Yeah, I, I think I think there's there's yeah. a submission difference. Yes. What oh. is prayer to you yeah. in that? Yeah, and it's like prayer is the thing that I do to to communicate to God. Yeah. Whether I'm in the moment or not, whether or oh, prayer prayer is the thing that I do because it's my religion and I do my religion. Both are very similar. Mm-hmm. But it's one is yeah. a one is a submission and posture problem. I agree. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. But and and I would go further to say that the when you are doing it wrong, like Cain's sacrifice, the answer isn't to stop sending sacrifices. 
the answer is to do the sacrifice better. Mm. Still send the sacrifice, yeah. right? Don't cease praying because you're doing it formulaically. Pray without ceasing. And if you can, pray with intention. Yeah, engage with it. Yeah. But like you're saying, if that's all you got, if the formula is all you got, because that's all you got today, right? You're a sinning human being that's going through the motions. You're being sanctified. Today is not enough. But it never was. Yeah. Do it better to, next to time. Move on to move <laughs> on to a more happy uh, type of prayer. Uh, lament. No. Uh, I, yeah, knew lament. <laughs> I knew that's what you are going to do. <laughs> um, yeah. We got to make a space for sadness. Because I think there's just this this youth group happy go lucky culture mm-hmm. that sometimes we we like to perpetuate. When in actuality, um, if we're truly conscious of our surroundings, we're going to be in lament. Yeah, there is very few people with a gift of discernment that can look at the world and not see an intense amount of evil. And if that doesn't convict you to pray that something might change through you or through someone around you, then I don't know if you've got the spirit of discernment in you. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I've got to say about lament. There's no shortage of suffering to lament over. Yeah. Well, I think whether personally, sorry, carry on. No, no, sorry. Uh, I think one of the important points with lamentation, not the book lamentations, but when Christ on the cross cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is not, in it's referencing the psalm uh, mm-hmm. that David, I think it says that David wrote. This yeah, it's, uh, Psalm 22. That's it's, a tradition. Right. It's a somewhat accusatory, but it's not without the submission itself. Well, think, this is a very hot topic in churches. Can you, uh, can you direct anger towards God and still be prayer and be good. Psalm 80 would say yes. Yeah. I think, I think lament does, 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 does this wild thing. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, as someone who has not (laughs) spent years in lamenting prayer. So maybe I'm just off my rocker. Mm -hmm. Um, I think prayers of lament awaken our, awaken the person praying to the capacity of God to move through pain, to move through suffering, to mm-hmm. move and, yep. and to, to create his purposes, to build his kingdom, despite the horrible pain and suffering in the world. And I think getting right to um, your point there, Colton, that the chiefest example of that would be the cross. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it isn't through the exile. It's through the exile and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Jeremiah's lament that we get like one third of the, of the, uh, of the old Testament that we get the son of man prophecy of Daniel stuff. And mm-hmm. we get, um, that we come to know, uh, the redemptive hey. character of God again, despite their, their breaking of the covenant. Also Hannah's prayer for a son yeah. at the temple, like at the tabernacle yeah. to get, have a son. Oh, it's heart wrenching. Yeah. Like, because she's infertile, so she's considered cursed by God yeah. yep. and can't provide a son for her husband. And then the first thing they do is they offer the son to God and, and for he be- answering the prayer. And he becomes the, the first of the prophets. Yeah. Well, yeah. other than Moses, but the first of the, the prophets proper. The, like the a, king the of order. prophets. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's through her pain 
yeah. that the plan of God was brought about. And so I think laments... And acknowledging that pain isn't evil. Mm-hmm. Well, fully acknowledging, I'm in pain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and that God is the one you should go to for that mm-hmm. and can, and that he listens and hears and desires that it's not be that way, but that he will be with you. Mm-hmm. W- would you say Don't that... Don't expect uh, that you might not get a Job experience, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, no. He will respond how he sees fit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... It, he is the place, according to Psalm 80, that you can say, why have you abandoned me? Do you, do you not interact with the dead in Sheol? Mm-hmm. Right? I, you, have, you have killed me. You have laid waste to me. You have done, you've mm-hmm. let my enemies destroy me. Mm-hmm. Pff, darkness is my only friend because you, of you. You even get Jeremiah. It's like, <laughs> you are a deceptive brook. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, pretty you're crazy. Who God is the Very fountain of life water. Yeah. Right? You're a deceptive brook that does not drink, that does not quench my thirst. It's just like, whoa. And yet elements throw still lamentations submission. still in Jeremiah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but you were the God. Yeah. yeah. You're, You're the, the God hope of Israel. Yeah. Even Ecclesiastes and, is like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, but it's, the point is, is that if you're going to God with that, then you're going to God. Like you're angry. You're expressing your heart, right? It's in all of those passages, but there is a reflection that they still call him Lord, mm-hmm. that they still say he is the righteous and the, the God of the universe. And they respect him for who he is, but pain, but pain and expressing of it. And that if you acknowledge that he is Lord, you can say those things. Don't in, be, don't be mean to God, <laughs> but acknowledge that bad things have happened well, no, and be in the same passage. If you're saying, Lord, the God of Israel, why are you not fulfilling your promise to me? Mm-hmm. I, right? He's. It gets pretty accusational. Right? Yeah. It gets Wait. very accusational, but he acknowledges that he is the God of the universe and that he is yes. subjected he, to him. He also, he also doesn't challenge God's character on it. He just no. goes, things aren't adding up. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't change his, his view of God. It just goes, tension, tension, what's yeah. happening? Why? I hate this. What, you were the God that never fails, but why are you not fulfilling the f- promise? Do, do you think that the point is you're not hiding your feelings from God? You're showing how you feel to God, despite you're still, you're still submitting, but God, this is how I feel. I think so. Mm-hmm. And I think an example that's not in the Bible, but could potentially be along these lines. You guys read it. I don't think I have is A Grief Observed by yeah. C.S. Lewis. Roth. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh man. He's pretty brutal. He's pretty brutal God a few times. Yeah. But he Mostly comes of himself. Back. Yes. Yeah. But he still and comes a nice back. little apology at the beginning of each chapter. Sorry, I went too far. God, I shouldn't have said those things. And then by the end of the chapter, yeah. why are why am I in so much pain, God? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you mean to me? <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah. It is a that is a heart wrench. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the two sad ones. Anyway, so now let's move on to the happy ones, okay? Yeah. yeah. Are we ready? But what, can I just finish one thing? I guess. <laughs> if you're in pain, know that God is listening to you. Mm. And you can go ex- to him. You can express that pain. He is, the, he is the bedrock of existence. He is the only one who can actually save. Mm-hmm. Go to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, however you feel, go to him. Man, speaking of going to him, this episode's got some tension to it. Yeah, this this one's convicting me. Wow. All right. Let me pray on the way home. Uh, Intercessions. Intercession. Yeah. Caleb, I hope and pray to God that you drive home safely. 
Thank you. I will hope and pray to God that you have a good night rest tonight because we're already at your home. Thank you. <laughs> that, friends, is intercession. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, sort of. It's, it it's, weird. Said, it's said all over the New Testament. Yeah. yeah. You know, yes. pray for the other saints. And you see, like, Paul mm-hmm. often opens up, yep. oh, I think almost every single one of his letters with a, hey, we're praying for you. We haven't stopped ceasing about praying for you. We'll keep you in, your, in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in our prayers. Hey, we're so grateful. We pray and thank God for you all the time. <laughs> I told God about you. <laughs> um, but yeah and, and then it's so I shut inter- off all my love letters intercession for for um, mm-hmm. like actually he in 2 Corinthians he's talking about how God delivers him from death because blah, blah 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 anyway so that everyone should pray join with us in prayer mm-hmm. about God's salvation uh, God's s- delivering power and he's kind of morphing like delivering power in the present with the delivering power from the dead. And he kind of blurs those lines mm-hmm. on purpose. Um, and then he, he goes, pray, join us in prayer for this so that many people will see yep. the glory yep. of God. Pray for the captives. Mm-hmm. Pray for those who are in captivity. Pray for those who are in prison. Pray for those who are suffering and poor and dying. Mm-hmm. And and you see the yeah. imagery. Um, I think it's I think it's in Revelation where it's uh, the uh, the incense ri- rises yeah. to God. Yes, um, and it's it's the prayers of the saints, the collective prayers of the saints. And intercessory prayer is is huge. Yeah. It orientates our mind towards the body of Christ and His kingdom. Yes. Without it, it is just itemized, uh, not itemized, uh, um, atomized faith. Yeah. It is also again an act of submission because mm-hmm. it's saying, God, I might not, I want, I want to offer it to you. This, there's a problem with this other person who I care about. It's this care, care, care. You care about mm-hmm. this person. If your brother broke his leg, you're going to feel bad about it. And you're going to be like, okay, let's try to fix it. But instead of going to a doctor, you're going to God. You're, yeah. you're saying go, God, go to a doctor can, too. Go to a doctor. Too. Yeah. Yes. I say that as a, as a, as a charismatic well, person, as a charismatic, yeah. go to a doctor. Well, yes. And here's how it plays with the, the will of God topic from before, right? Mm-hmm. Is this is a good example of this. God, I pray that, you know, my friend Caleb, he's in captive in this other country for doing your work. Uh, I pray that he gets out so he can rejoin his family, but your will be done if, if that is will. not so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lord, if and, it's your will, take this cup from me, but it's talking about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then when he dies, we go, man, that sucks. But it was God's will. Hmm. Okay, let's blow through them because I really want to yeah. get to those four questions. So let's blow yeah. through them. Thanksgiving um, is rather straightforward. Again, I think most of these prayers are about yeah. reorientating your mind towards the things of God, yes. setting them in a theological framework so you're not self, uh, you're not, you're not oh. selfish. You're not. Uh, Josh is having a thought in real time. I am. <laughs> Can I say it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanksgiving and petition. Mm-hmm. are inverses of each other. Yes. Um, so petition is praying God for something and subjecting your will to what he gives you. Mm-hmm. And thanking God is forgiving. And petition is asking for God for what you want, right? But acknowledging that he might give you something else, right? Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is thanking God for whatever he gave you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so it's the interplay between the two. Yeah, of, I agree. God, I want this, but thank you for what your will was. Whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've always seen um, those both as uh, forms of praise as well. Yes, that they yes. fall under that category. Yeah. Yeah. A huge I, amount of um, psalms actually falls under praise. 
because of that. Yeah. And and that would be like that's the last category that we have on our mm-hmm. on our outline here is actually praise, which I think is for the most part is just recognizing how God has moved in your life in the world mm-hmm. in, throughout history. Yeah. yeah. Um big Hallowed and small. be thy name. Yeah. The, yeah, yes, recognizing the opener. Oh God, you yeah. are yeah. so faithful. Yeah. You know, that um yeah. again, acknowledging and reorientating your uh your perception. Yeah, on on him. Yeah, our our Father acknowledging the Lord first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. praising Him, and then orienting your will. Let your will be done, mm-hmm. and then everything else follows. It's almost like the Lord's prayer is a great guide for all of these different types of prayer. Yeah. It how when the uh, when the apostles ask him how do we pray, he's giving them. This is why I kind of brought up the guide versus literal. Yes, mm-hmm. you can pray it literally, but it is a guide. This is generally what you're supposed to pray about and how. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, four general Good questions about prayer, and some of which we've actually um, answered a bit, actually. Uh, what do I do when I don't feel like praying? Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. As submissively as you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. But don't... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, do it as an act of submission towards yeah. God. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it requires you to pull out a prayer book, pull out a prayer book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it requires you to write them down, write it down. Mm-hmm. If, if it requires you to put all that away and just try to word it out yeah. yourself poorly, do that. Yeah. Whatever it takes. If you don't have it in you and you force yourself yeah. and you're upset, yeah. still do it. Yeah. Still do it because that is that is a sanctifying act that is breaking the pattern of not communicating with the God that made you. And, but, and, and know that the Holy Spirit within you is, that within you is, there you is go. aiding you. And well, this is, this is not like, it's not like God is like, okay, is he finally going to pray? No, God is actively, he is, he is, he is our father. He is, yeah, he's no. as Paul goes, he's Abba father. Yeah, is there's, yeah. there's a, there's a relational component that God is, is desires more than you. Mm-hmm. The intimacy of a father and son. And to go back to your, utterances of what you do not understand that's the phrasing with that is when you do not know what to pray or Mm -hmm. when you the spirit prays when we do not know when we have no words yeah Yeah. so when you're praying just as a function just as a getting through the motions the spirit's praying on your behalf yeah sure as long as it's purposeful second question um what happens when i don't get an answer well you did get an answer yeah, radio silence is not necessarily an answer. <laughs> is there radio silence? That's another question. Can I play with two ideas here? Yeah. So James or Paul talk about we see through the mirror the Paul. Paul. Yeah, we see through the mirror darkly, blurred. Um there we have a relation we have the spirit in us and we have a relationship with under Christ to God, the Father. Um but being in this middle ground of the already, but not yet, there is still, and being sinful creatures and not in the new Jerusalem and, you know, the eschatological hope, there is a divide still. Mm. There's a break. And so we as beings in the material world who are not in full relationship with God are going to have radio silence most of the time because we are still in that process of being made one, joining in the divine nature. So we have that and the radio silence as see it as an opportunity to submit. Well, 
C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, he talks mm-hmm. about how mm-hmm. oftentimes, um, no, it's not, it's, it might be a little bit in Mere Christianity, but what I'm thinking of is actually screw tape letters. Screw tape letters is uh, the one demon is talking to the other demon, and he mentions, hey, so God will often leave them in this rut. There will be moments where he doesn't say anything. And that's to instill um, depend, uh, dependence, to build faithfulness, mm-hmm. to, yeah, um, but is to build character. Yes. Um, of course, the demon's telling the other demon to exploit that. But know that silence has purpose. It's not just silence because God's necessarily angry at you or is vindictive or whatever. Although, I mean, technically, I, I think unrepentant sin might be, might be a reason for silence. Um, but, yeah. Also, he's a good listener. Mm. Good listeners don't talk. And besides, you yeah. have, uh, depending on which translation you have, you have a thousand pages of his work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's been talking to you for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it also speaks to the contemplative nature of prayer. Mm-hmm. That continuous prayer will do more than mm-hmm. one-offs. Yeah. You don't pray for one thing and then it it, it just gets there. Yeah. And, and the Christian life is not a receiving of blessing continuously. No. Because you benefit from it. It's a continuously praising, worshiping God, going to him. It's a ritualistic pattern of being. And God does bless you, but the purpose is not to get things. The purpose is not to have an experience. The purpose is to be in a relationship. Yeah. When, when scripture, when Jesus talks about, again, the bread and the scorpion thing, it's not talking that like, well, well, if you ask for bread, he's going to give it to you every time. It's not that every time you ask for something, God gives it to you. It's that he's not going to give you the scorpion. It's the inverse. He's not going to give you the thing that's bad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's not going to hurt you with your prayer. Third question. Why pray if God knows everything? Which we've been talking about the entire time. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's about relationship. It's about, it's about yep. your communication with him. Yeah. Relationship, submission but, to his will. Yeah. Re- reorientating your perspective mm-hmm. towards his, well, actually what's revealed in his revelation. Yeah. yeah. And it's only in his name is this, ev- the relationship for you to be able to pray possible. Which, which is the, the fourth and final question. Why do we pray in Jesus name? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I thought that's what you said. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's, and, and you actually mentioned it is because, uh, well, uh, theologically it's, it's because we have access to the Father. We have access to mm-hmm. God through Christ yep. yeah. because of the relationship that we have with Christ. And Jesus even says that in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. The mm-hmm. As one of the openers mm-hmm. of the prayer. Yeah. Um, the name is, the name of God who is Christ um, is that connecting, br- that bridge between us and the Father. Yes. Am I? Uh, You're doing, going to do a media plug and then uh, close this off. You know what? First, I'm going to do a disclaimer before I do that. We've sat around like a bunch of the holiest dudes you've ever talked to. Prayer is hard, and a continuous conversation with God is hard. And there's going to be seasons where it's hard to pray, and there's going to, you know, mighty hard to pray right now. But um, hopefully, you've been able to be edified by this conversation with us. Um, so that you might have a conversation with God. And if that happens, then mission accomplished for us. Um, But again, hopefully this inspired conversation with God more than conversation with us. (laughs) Anyways, um, we are still on our socials. 
Um, make sure to connect with us in whatever way you can. Um, if you'd like to, you know, uh, no pressure. Um, but we love your feedback so far, um, your comments, your emails, uh, and your subscriptions. Thank you very much. We're uh, close to 100 subs on YouTube now, and honestly, I'm really excited about it. I've been riding that high for a little while now, so um, I really do appreciate our fans, and thanks for listening this long. Um, I think we can uh, just end it. Yeah, just end Everything just boof.